It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let me officially welcome you back to the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, as well as Monday's episode. Today is November 13th. Happy birthday to my sister, Jackie, uh, of Locked On Magic. My name is Philip Rossman-Nike. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. And as you can see here on the afternoon of November 12th, 2017, the Orlando Magic are still in first place. Uh, We've done a lot talking about this team and figuring out who this team is and exactly how good they can be. We've seen a lot of really encouraging signs, including, honestly, I would say Friday's game was really encouraging the way that they pulled together defensively after struggling so much in the first half. Um, Kind of took care of business. Same thing Wednesday against the New York Knicks. The Orlando Magic just kind of took care of business, which... I think is a really underrated skill. I don't think you can give enough credit, especially to a young team that's never won before, to just getting those workmanlike wins. Games that aren't overly impressive. Games that you see a lot of flaws, but they just find ways to win. And and as as I've said on this podcast many, many times, and I wouldn't categorize these two games as such, good teams just find a way to win games, even when you don't think they deserve to win. So the fact that the Magic are able to win playing, you know, maybe a B minus game or B game or even a C plus game, I think is really, really encouraging. That's not to say that the Magic don't have a lot of room for improvement. That's what we saw in Saturday's game against the Denver Nuggets. That game, I got a chance to watch it. I didn't get a chance to watch it live, so I apologize if if I was unable to interact with everyone. But that game, uh, there were a lot of struggles in that game. There's there's no way around it. Orlando did not look very engaged defensively. Um, We saw a lot of the same problems that we've seen seen, uh, uh, in losses this year where the team is unable to find the energy with Shelvin Mack as the starting point guard. And, and, and I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to rake Shelvin Mack over the coals too much. Um, I I think I made it fairly clear that, that I think Shelvin Mack is a good player. I think he's an NBA player. I don't think this is the system that fits best for him. But to Mack's credit, he had a really strong second half. The offense started to pick things up. It, it's The defense just didn't have any energy all night long. Denver got to the paint at whim. Uh, you know, I think I wrote this in the grades. We we saw a little bit of Nikola Vucevic's uh, demons come out. Um, you know, he's you know we've watched Nikola Vucevic for five years now. We know who he is as a player. We know his flaws. He is still very very flawed, and, and, and that's painfully obvious. And against a guy like Nikola Jokic, who who is the fulcrum of that offense, is the centerpiece of that offense, does a lot of things that makes Vucevic uncomfortable uh, as a defender. Um, it, the Magic just weren't on the same page, and and it was, uh, it was definitely a a, uh, a difficult game for the Magic. Uh, they didn't again. They didn't have the energy from the start, and I think that's really really key for this team, as I'll explain in, in just a moment. Uh, I, I think you're right here, Donald Alhampton. He writes, it was even encouraging that they fought back last night from being down 30 in the third to cut it to 12 before ultimately falling behind again. Um, I agree completely. They fell down by 30, and again, as I said, when the Magic beat the Cavs and Spurs by 30. 
losing by 30 points or being down by 30 points says more about your team than it does, the, or says more about the losing team than it does the winning team. Uh, the Magic have flaws right now. I, I, I think we see them at 8-5, and five and that's a fine record, and, and they'll probably hang around that mark. I mean, essentially, for the last two weeks, the Magic have been a 500 team. Um, uh, so um, that is definitely a... Uh, um, I, I think that's definitely part of the problem for the Magic or part of uh, what's going on with Orlando where they just struggle to... They, they, they struggle to get themselves under control sometimes or they, 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 they struggle to... Um, I lost my train of thought here. Um, they, they definitely struggle a little bit to, uh, to, to stick to what's worked, stick to what's worked or, or even keep up the energy. And, and, I th- and that's something I want to, I want to talk about here. Um, they, they, they haven't quite been able to slow themselves down quite yet. And I, actually I thought they did a good job of that in the second half, but you know, they fell behind by 30, gave up a lot of, po- gave up a lot of points, kind of let go of the rope defensively. You could see some frustration Took a lot of quick shots, as some of you are, no, are, are noticing, you know, settling for quick threes. Um, you know, they, they're, they're still kind of taking shots at the same point of the shot clock, but it, it just, just something felt off, and, and that's actually what I want to talk about today. Um, Leslie Stoves write, comments, I attribute that loss to playing in Denver, mile high, thin air. Vooch is not a defender in the paint. Yes, the Magic need a point guard that fits their system, and, and, and I agree with all those points. Um, Vucevic, you know, I, I think... You know, when I talk to people, there, there are a lot of people that are just like, trade Vucevic now and get rid of him. And, and, you know, maybe that's ultimately what the Magic do. I think Vucevic gets very unfairly criticized. He has improved as a defender. He's not the top-notch defender that you probably need as a rim protector. But I think under Frank Vogel specifically, he has gotten better at protecting the rim and using verticality. Uh, but certainly there are shortcomings. And, and, and while Vucevic maybe plays good def- a good defensive game, Four out of every five nights, you get the one out of every five night where he just looks bad. And he's had a couple nights like that. Charlotte uh, was, a, was was a night where he looked like that. Uh, Denver, I thought, was a night where this where Nikola Jokic just kind of took him took him to the woodshed a little bit. Uh, so definitely a lot going on there. Um, and and it's you know definitely part of of what's going on with the Magic. Um, there there are some I think key things that are similar between the Magics. Uh, between the Magic's losses, uh, and they all kind of revolve sort of around the same theme. And I think I think we're hitting on some of these themes in the comments. You know, talking about taking quick threes, settling for three pointers, uh, doing you know trying to do a little too much on that end. Um, you know, I think that what we've seen this year. And the and, and and three of the five losses this year have come with both Alfred Payton and DJ Augustin um, out of the lineup. Uh, DJ played against the uh, DJ played against the Hornets in that loss, and and then of course against the Nets. Um, but so there, there's definitely a, a similarity. There's definitely a similarity there. Shelvin Mack does not run this offense the same way that Alfred Payton runs this offense, or that DJ Augustin runs this offense, and that is an important point to make. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
as I've watched this Magic team, I've come to, to realize that this is a rhythm team. Their energy, their focus, their intensity comes from their ability to make shots or to get good shots and make them. You look at the game against Chicago, for instance. The Magic, I thought, played a really good first quarter and just missed shots. And it was just like, oh, they're coming back down to me a little bit. Uh, but but they missed a lot of open shots, and you could kind of see their their body language or, or, or their intensity on defense drop. And, and, and Vogel talked about this, that their defense um, wasn't up to snuff that game. Against Boston, I thought you saw the same thing. Orlando got some decent looks early, couldn't hit them, and you could kind of see them struggling to kind of keep their energy up. We saw that again, I think, Saturday in Denver, where the team missed, you know, got off to a decent start, but couldn't kind of keep their rhythm and I'm not, you know, a lot of this stuff, I'm not always 100% comfortable talking about the stuff that you can't quantify because, you know, I'm watching the games, you know, I, I, there's a feeling that I have, but, you know, you don't always trust the eye test. You want to find something to back it up, and, and, and I'm struggling to do that right now. Shelvin Mack, for sure, is the point guard that plays at the slowest pace among the players on the team. And, and by pace... And this is where I'm going to get into kind of the wishy-washy stuff. By pace, I don't mean that the Magic need to play with more possessions or get more possessions. You know, last night, the Magic played at a 102 pace, I think, in the first half, which is below their season average, but only had a 91 offensive rate. In the second half, they played at a slower pace possession-wise, but obviously scored a lot more. They scored 60 points in the second half, so they did something very good in that second half. This is all to say, you can kind of tell when the Magic have it. Just by the energy they're bringing to the game. And, and, and again, it's not that guys aren't trying hard, but there is just a, this, this intangible intensity about this team that, that comes out when they're playing well. And when they're playing poorly, you can just kind of see the, the gears struggling to turn. You can see the team really just fighting and having a hard time pushing forward. That's the best way I can describe it. The Magic are... The Magic are just not able sometimes, to, to get the, the, the wheels spinning or get the team moving in the way they want. And all and credit should go to the defense, absolutely. Defenses that have figured them out have played really well. Boston did a really good job gumming up the magic and, and making them really work for that, that offense. It didn't come easy. Denver, I thought, did, did a nice job too. But Orlando does a lot of this to themselves as well. I feel like Orlando sometimes... And, and, and uh, this is somewhat a Mac thing. I, I don't think it's completely on Shelvin Mac, but but I think that Shelvin Mac doesn't doesn't fit this style well. But I think that the Magic sometimes just kind of slow down too much. They're trying, especially when they don't have Peyton and Augustine. They're just trying to help each other out too much. You know, it's an interesting stat. Uh, you know, I think Vogel said against Phoenix on Friday. That, that the Magic overpassed 
often in that game. It was interesting. I looked it up. The Magic had 309 passes, I think, against the Nuggets. So they were passing the ball. But the, the, the trick in that stat is that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting good offense. Orlando obviously didn't, pl- didn't play a great offensive game, even though they were well above their season average for passes. So they, they had a good number of passes. But Orlando definitely, definitely just needs to find a rhythm. When, 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 when we talk about pace, we're not talking about the possessions per game. You know, I, I, I've asked, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested with the Jazz. I, I, I love watching the Jazz. They're, they're a really, really interesting team. But the Jazz play at the quote-unquote slowest pace in the league. They have the fewest possessions per game in the league. A lot of that is because their defense forces you to shoot late in the shot clock, but Utah plays a very deliberate offense. They, uh, they, they bring the ball up slowly. They, they make you work and grind things out. That doesn't mean they play at a slow pace. Utah moves, gets a lot of ball movement, gets a lot of player movement, so they're playing very quickly. And so when a, Quinn Snyder talks about this a lot, and I think this is the way most coaches define pace, I've heard Doc Rivers comment the same thing. It's not necessarily about the possessions per 48 minutes. It's how quickly you move through your possessions. And so when you're watching this Magic team, ultimately I think you can determine success or failure, success or struggling, through how quickly they're moving through their their offense. You look at Saturday night's game, Jonathan Simmons is a perfect example of this. You look at Saturday night's game or the game against Chicago. The Magic really struggled to get into their offense. They really struggled to uh, not push the pace, but within their half-court sets, it just felt like everyone was thinking too much, that they were all just kind of taking a beat and pausing too much. And that's not effective offense for the Orlando Magic. Effective offense for the Orlando Magic is quick reactions, quick movement, not letting the defense get set. Because, let's face it, this team is still very much the team we thought they were. They're just shooting a lot better. They have, they don't have that guy who can break someone down off the dribble. They need to run quick pick and rolls. They need to run ball movement. They need to do reversals to get the open shots that they need. Just because they're shooting better doesn't mean they're not still that same team we thought they were at the beginning of the year. So Orlando then has to be very attentive to the pace that it plays. And honestly, I think we can see a direct correlation between playing at a slow pace and playing poor defense. It's not to say when the Magic play fast, they don't always play good defense. I think the defense is still the the major work in progress for this team. But... It's definitely something that I've noticed and picked up on that the team has to play at a quicker half-court pace to bring its intensity level up on defense. It it worked Friday night against Phoenix. And it's worked eight times already this season in 13 games, pretty much. I think we can all say, outside of that Brooklyn loss, the Magic have pretty much won every game that they've played well in this year. I mean, maybe that'll change Monday when they play Golden State. So, um, it's it, it's definitely a, a a big question here. 
how to maintain this pace. Um, but you can tell. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. I can't put a stat to it to say the Magic need to play faster or this is what they need to do and here's the evidence. You just have to watch this team and understand what they do when they work and what they do when they don't work. And I think Saturday we saw that again. I mean, again, Jonathan Simmons is a great example. Against Chicago, against Boston, the first half against Denver, he was thinking too much on the ball. He wasn't really attacking. He wasn't getting downhill. Second half Saturday, Jonathan Simmons was the best player on the floor. And he went on a, a crazy run to, to score points and to, and to really push the magic back into that game. Did exactly what they signed him for. And it was just all instinctual. It was all reaction. And that's what the Magic need from that's what the Magic need from Jonathan Simmons. And so watch the pace. Watch, watch how quickly the Magic flow into their offense and how quickly the Magic run through their offense. If it's taken them seven, eight seconds, if they're initiating their offense at 16 seconds left in the shot clock, that's too late. And we're starting to see teams pressure the Magic point guards in the backcourt when they can to try and slow them down, to try and get them into that offense later, give them less time to figure things out, to create the movement. Orlando has to play fast. That is who this team is. And it's not possessions-based. It's within the half-court offense. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm seeing a lot of comments here talking about the point guard situation. Uh, some someone, some people suggesting the Magic need to send Mario Zoni to the G League. I'm, I'm telling you that's probably not going to happen. Maybe, maybe for a spot game here or there. They're not going to send him down for a long length of time. Uh, someone suggested maybe Jonathan Isaac playing point guard. I don't like that yet. Um, he's not quite a creator yet. Honestly, honestly, at this point, I know everyone's really excited about Jonathan Isaac. I'm really excited about Jonathan Isaac too. But honestly, at this point, I don't really want to run plays for him. I just want him to be out on the floor, you know, attacking when he gets the ball in, on rotations. But otherwise, keeping the ball moving, he's out there to play defense. He's not out there to, to direct traffic or to run points. So I don't think, I don't think Isaac's a point guard. Um, you know, I really think he's... Just a, I, I, I don't know what we, what he is right now. I don't think he's a center. I think a lot of people are, are trying to say he's a center, you know, maybe in death lineups, but I don't think he's a center. Not until he puts on some bulk, at least. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone everyone in the comments at least seems to agree. Shelvin Mack isn't a long-term solution or point guard. If, if the Magic are going to be off without Augustin and without Peyton uh, for a little bit of time, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough going for the Magic, and the Magic have to find a way. And, and hopefully, the second half Saturday showed something of what they can do with Mac. But the Magic have to find a way with what they got right now. Um, I, I don't think the Magic will add another point guard in free agency. Not at this point. Um, still very early in the season. Uh, the Magic roster is full. They, they've used up all their slots so far. So uh, there, there's not a lot of wiggle room at the point guard position. Um, the conversations that I have seen both both here and on Twitter um, is more about, I think, balancing short-term needs and long-term needs. And this is something that I don't think we expected to have to 
have to deal with. Um, Kalen Lucas isn't even in the Magic system, so a lot of people are bringing up Kalen Lucas. Magic, Magic don't have an open roster slot, number one. Number two, Kalen Lucas is not with the Lakeland Magic. He's not on the team. Uh, number three, um, both, and I, I thought this was a mistake, but both their two-way contract guys, Adrian Payne's still hurt, but he's down down in Lakeland. The, the Lakeland Magic actually played uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. against uh, the Erie Bayhawks. Um, but uh, right now, the Lakeland Magic are essentially using Troy Copain as their point guard. He's an affiliate player, but the Magic don't actually hold any rights to him. I think affiliate players just get a little bit more money uh, than... than um, than, than regular players at the G League level. I'm not 100% sure how that works out. Uh, but uh, but that's that's where the Magic are at. The Magic don't have an open roster spot to spend. They've used their two-way contracts on um, on uh, Jamel Artis as well as Adrian Payne. They're both down at Lakeland right now. So the Magic are going to have to do with what, what they can at the point guard position. Uh, but when it comes to balancing short and long term, I see a lot of people still kind of hesitant on Alfred Payton. Um, some of it's the shooting, some of it's the contract, some of it's the, I don't know if he's the point guard of the future, which is a fair question. But at the same time, Alfred Payton is the best option for the Magic, and so, you know, the, the choir is saying, oh, the Magic should start G.G. Augustine when they're all healthy. I think Payton's the best point guard. I've said that many, many times. But there's there's definitely a, a tricky balance the Magic have to make now because they are in the playoff race. They should view themselves as a playoff team. And so they've got to balance their um, their their ability to, uh, to 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 win now with their ability to plan for the future. So you don't want to take on any bad side. I mean, if you can find someone to take on DJ Augustin and get a decent point guard in return, you know maybe you do that. But you got to make sure that you're balancing the short and long term needs here. Alfred Payton is back. I suspect he will play Monday. He's experiencing some discomfort in his hamstring, and I, honestly, I think if the Magic could afford to, if Augustine didn't go down, I, I would imagine they would keep Payton out a little bit longer just to make sure he's 100% healthy before bringing him back. I think the Magic brought Alfred Payton back sooner than maybe they wanted to because of how much the team has struggled without two, two point guards on the roster. So for now the Magic are going to kind of play it by ear with Peyton. When he feels ready, he's going to go. When he doesn't, they're going to sit him. And, and I think sitting him on the back-to-back was the right call. Um, but the Magic have to make do with what they've got. They've got to find a way, um, because I don't think there's any relief coming. I don't think the Magic are going to go out and sign a point guard. They're not going to cut one of their guys. They're not going to cut one of their two-way guys. Uh, if they can, I don't even know how that works. But they're, they're not going to cut Ken Birch or Wesley Awundu to sign a point guard. And Wesley Awundu, if you watched him um, in in G League, at the G League um, game on Friday, at the Lakeland game Friday, he struggled a little bit as point guard. He had five turnovers. Um, really good at attacking the basket in transition. His half-court game is still a little ways away. But um, it, it's definitely it's it's definitely not an ideal situation for the Magic. Uh, so they're going to have to find a way to, to, make, to make do. They're going to have to find a way to get by. Um, because there isn't help coming. The only thing is Peyton coming back and Peyton being healthy. And Magic got to do everything they can to make sure that he is healthy because they're going to need him the rest of the season. So it's definitely a um, definitely a tricky spot for Orlando. It's a spot we've been talking about for two weeks now almost. So 
Orlando's going to have to find a way again. They have to find a way. There's there's no other way around it. And if they can, then they'll be in good shape, of course. Um, but but obviously a, a lot going on there. A lot of comments here in, in our comment section here on the Facebook Live. Remember, um, if you're listening to this on Locked On Magic, you can join us on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live every Sunday at noon on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. You get to see our my beautiful big board here with the current standings and you know maybe some other stuff. Maybe I'll go grab my horse grant rubber ducky one of these days uh, and, and see what he has to say about the magic. But um, just a couple of comments I want to get to uh, as well before I dive into my last topic here. Um, Jonathan Simmons, everyone loves Jonathan Simmons. Uh, Matt Moore of CBS Sports was going crazy over him during the second half. Um, very good player, definitely unleashed in Orlando. Uh, like I said earlier when I was talking about pace, you can really tell how he's playing by the pace he's playing at and the pace that he brings the magic up to. Um, really, I'm you know just thinking about this now. Jonathan Simmons, like Alfred Payton, is a pace setter. He is someone that comes in and just plays naturally at the pace the Magic want to play at. And when he plays at that pace, he brings everyone up to that pace. And so, what's really been frustrating about Simmons in these last few games is um, is that he doesn't always play at that pace, especially when Max in there or when when he has to play point guard essentially. He just seems unsure of himself, and I think what really worked in that thir- in the second half on on Saturday was he played at the pace that he needs to play at. He attacked the basket strongly uh, and did a lot of things the Magic wanted him to do. So definitely a guy to watch out for to get a temperature of the Magic is Jonathan Simmons. Um, he's obviously not a point guard. It's obviously not ideal. He's not the greatest playmaker in the world, but he he forces the issue, and and that's why the Magic get a lot out of him. And I agree with with everyone here. Um, Simmons is probably best as a sixth man, even though Terrence Ross has struggled to shoot this year. He's played two very nice games back to back. I thought, um, got, got the ball to go in the basket, which is, which is a huge deal for him. Uh, you're not looking for Terrence Ross to score 20 points per game. He just needs to be uh, up at around 12, 13, 14 points, maybe. Um, and just make a couple threes to keep the defense honest. Teams respect his shot. They know he's going to start making threes again. And that spacing is obviously critical for the magic. Um, just got to find a way to keep him involved. I, I think, I think Ross is, is kind of can become the forgotten guy uh, in that lineup. Um, but he's played decent defense. He's done a lot of really good things. So um, lots, lots that. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see. I mean, I think, I think a lot of things for the Magic are working right now, so you don't want to tinker too much. What I wanted to talk about maybe for the last 10, 15 minutes of, of the show is the stretch that the Magic are in right now. The Orlando Magic are currently in a stretch of eight game, eight, eight game, eight of 10 games on the road. Uh, this, the first two obviously happened in Phoenix and uh, Denver. This, according to Coach Frank Vogel, is the toughest stretch in the Magic season. I would actually maybe, or, uh, yeah, I would probably say this is the toughest stretch in the Magic season. Orlando will head to Golden State on Monday. That's a tough game. Don't need to say. Don't need to say much more. Then they head to Portland on Wednesday. Then they're home on Saturday against Utah, and then Monday against Indiana. After that, they go back on the road for another four-game trip. Day before Thanksgiving at Minnesota, Black Friday at Boston, Saturday back-to-back at Philadelphia, and then at Indiana. Obviously, Boston is a very tough team. Minnesota should be a very tough team. Philadelphia is a plucky team. Indiana has played better than a lot of people expected to. These are not easy road trips. No matter how you piece it together, this is a very difficult stretch for the Orlando Magic. 
And on top of that, let, let me let me add this part. They come home November 29th to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then Friday, December 1st at the Amway Center, the Golden State Warriors come calling. Again, these this 12-game stretch, and I, I will include those last two games because they're against marquee opponents. This 12-game stretch is going to tell us a lot about the Orlando Magic. December 2nd, and, and I will put this in stone and I will, I will probably come back and make a big evaluation about it. December 2nd, I think we will know what kind of season New Orlando Magic are going to have. Because this stretch is not easy. Going out to the West Coast, having to play on the road, playing difficult teams is not easy. And I always, I, and, and just naturally, I always look to that first West Coast trip as the big test for the Magic. That's when the team really learns who it is. Because they have to come together on the road, play together, obviously, play together at a high level, uh, and and they can only rely on each other for the first time. And, you know, one and one on this road trip so far. I thought they did a lot of really good things in Phoenix. Denver, they struggled to find their energy. Pulled together a little bit in the second half with their bench. You could tell everyone was still very engaged, but just, just didn't have enough. Golden State's a wash. I mean, I don't know how much you can take out of Golden State. But if they can come back from this trip 2-2, two and two, heading home, that would be pretty good. But it's definitely going to be difficult. And again, I think we're, we're understanding who this team is slowly but surely. Every game we are learning who this team is. And why this team and whether this team can can have some staying power. You know, after that hot start, the Magic have been about a 500 team the last two weeks. And and honestly, that's about what I expected. So if the Magic can get through this difficult road stretch, roughly at 500, that might be okay. They would still have a winning record on the road. They would still probably be in the playoff race. They wouldn't they likely wouldn't lose any ground, although we're seeing Toronto make some moves. We're seeing Washington, you know, maybe Washington will make its move. Maybe Milwaukee will make its move. You just kind of have to tread water through this. And if that's who this Magic team is, that's who this Magic team is. We're waiting for this other shoe to drop with the offense. But really, the biggest problem is the defense. The Magic's defense has not quite come together consistently the way that we all want it to. We know this team can play some very good defense for, for long stretches. But they don't do it every night. And it's not their backstop. Good teams have defense as their backstop. And Orlando's defense is predicated on its offense still. I think the Memphis game is probably the only game they've won on their defense, not their offense. So, Orlando is still figuring itself out. They're still figuring out their identity and figuring out how to make this success permanent. But Orlando still has a lot of work to do. And this road trip is going to reveal that. This road trip is going to reveal a ton about who this team is. As it does every year. And that's going to be Really interesting. You know, just as a fan, it's exciting to, to see this. 
It's exciting to see this opportunity come around. Monday night's going to be tough. You know, Golden State's playing incredible right now. They're, they're blowing out everyone. They, they had a big win last night against the 76ers. Um, they're turning the ball over like crazy, but you still can't stop them. But Orlando still can gain something from this one. If they can, you know, hold off that big rally, the devastating rally, and commit to defense, and, 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 and they're going to play at Golden State's pace. Golden State, it's going to be an up-and-down game. It's going to be a, a, you know, Orlando's going to have to really play well to keep up with Golden State, because Golden State's a good defensive team, too. And when Golden State makes those turnovers, and they'll make plenty of turnovers, they got to turn it into points. they got to be ready to run on Monday. But really, Portland's the game they got to win. That's a team they've always struggled with. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum do a really good job against them. they got some size to, to match up with the Magic uh, on the inside. That's a game the Magic have to play well in. That's the kind of team the Magic have to compete with. The two games at home against Utah and Indiana, those are games the Magic have to, have to win. Or the Magic have to be ready to compete in. Because those are, those are the teams that are they're scrambling to get over still. This hot start has been great. But now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the season. Now we're getting into the grind. When it gets tough. When you got to find your motivation every day. When you're away from home. When you got to trust the guy next to you. This is when the season gets very real. And by December 2nd, like I said... I think we'll know exactly who this Magic team is and exactly uh, what direction they'll be heading the rest of the year. As I've said, I think the way the Magic have started, you can knock your expectations up a notch. If you're like me and thought this was a 35-win team that would just miss the playoffs, I think you can safely say, I mean, I say this, this is a playoff team. I expect this team to make the playoffs. I think what they're doing is real. I don't think it's fluke. I don't think they're beating bad opponents. I think they're winning games in a very sustainable way. They're not winning close. They're not playing close games. They're winning difficult games uh, and winning them comfortably. But they've got a lot of flaws that they gotta they gotta figure out. They gotta make their defense right. They gotta rebound better. They gotta work on their shot selection. They gotta keep their pace up consistently. They gotta work through these point guard problems right now. I think they're very capable of doing that. But, as I said, they still have a lot of work to do. And the next two weeks, the next two weeks will show just how much work they have left. That's going to do it for me today on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. If you have any other questions, be sure to drop them in the comments. I forget which way to point. This way. Comments right down there? Somewhere? I don't know. Um, drop them in the comments real fast if you want a question answered. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open, so feel free to send me comments and questions at omagicdaily uh, as well as at omagicdaily at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer your questions uh, and, and talk a little bit more about the Orlando Magic. Um, the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open. I'll be answering those questions hopefully uh, in a mailbag post next weekend and maybe even some here on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. Great way to interact with me on the show here. We'll just recap what's going on with the magic every week in, in a new interactive way. So I hope you all are enjoying it. If you have any, if you have any suggestions or comments about the show, uh, whether it's locked on magic, whether it's about Orlando magic daily or whether it's about the lockdown, the Orlando magic daily Facebook live, 
be sure to leave that. Be sure to send send me an email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. I'm ha- I'm always looking for feedback and always looking to serve you guys. I'm I'm here for you. I want to hear what you have to say, uh, and and give you the best magic coverage that I can give you. Uh, as I close out the show, remember you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on magic, as well as subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. Remember, locked on magic is your team every day, daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, talking about all the issues concerning the Orlando Magic. This will be Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. So um, still download on iTunes and give me a five-star review. That, that, that'd be nice. But you've already, if you watch this, you've already watched Locked on Magic for, for the day. Um, you, and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com, as I'm sure all of you are, and I'm sure you've all already liked Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic here on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next week on Facebook Live and tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.